0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another edition of the SBK Betting Podcast, a weekend to savor this weekend. Cheltenham, Doncaster, Fairy House, all in amongst are previewing as uh, SBK are sponsoring 17 races in the UK and Ireland this weekend. So we have five for the price of one today. We are covering five races. There's so much going on this weekend. And with racing back in the Bell. To one side. We're really pleased that uh, we've got some excellent racing action. But before we get into that, we come here off the back of another brilliant weekend for our top tips to Tom Collins. Three out of three last week, Oso oh, Grand at fifteen to eight, optician at fifteen to eight, and Lompresse at eight to eleven. And I think you'd have to have a heart of stone not to have been really really heart warm by Lompresse winning after so long off the trap off the track. But TC, quick word. Great weekend of tipping. You seem to be in a real rhythm at the moment, whether it's on the all weather or all over jump. So, a good place to be at the moment.
1: Thanks. Yeah, we're firing on all cylinders. I actually updated my UK uh, PL last night. October was a terrible month looking back on it. But since then, we've been firing. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to this weekend. I'm going to be at Cheltenham as well. So, hopefully, we get plenty of winners. And I know you're going to be in Ireland.
0: I will be. That's um, Ross Miller and Tom Collins are going to be at Cheltenham this weekend. So, fans of the podcast. Make sure you bring your autograph books. They will be there. They might pose for selfies. So looking forward to hearing how that falls out. And we're going to begin with Cheltenham because we have got trials weekend. And we're going to start with the Cleve Hurdle at three miles at the trip over uh, at 3.35. So the penultimate race of the day. There are plenty of races we could pick this weekend, but... We're going for this one uh this race won last year by the french horse gold tweet and we heard this week that the french star Stayer Philem is injured so he won't won't be heading cheltenham way makes the sort of Stayers picture look as murky as ever and um if this is a true uh essentially Steyer's, uh lineup we've got time and time again we we'll always have pacey park he's a three-time winner of this race is really can he continue on this sort of formidable form he is in? He's got Dashiell Drasha, his old friend in the in the mix, a Grand National contender contender and winner in Noble Yates in there, and a former Grade One winner champ amongst others. So Ross, I suppose as I mentioned, it is the the question. Emma Lavelle has got Paisley Park in such a rich vein of form this season. Can it really continue? Because he he does deserve a win after two such close second-place finishes already this this season gone?
2: Well, the the romantic says absolutely. And then you look at the form and say, why not? I mean, it is basically a case of who creaks less when they wake up in the morning, isn't it, here? I mean, it is the old boys' brigade, but I love it and it's brilliant. I think Botox has is definitely probably the most upwardly talented horse in this field, but I think he's very ground-dependent and I just don't see any forecast as the ground is going to be soft enough for him. Champ, I, I know is sort of as a very talented horse, but his form is normally best when fresh, and then it sort of goes downhill from there. And if he's shown his best already, there's no chance he, he can reverse the form, really, I don't think. or um, Drasher was six lengths behind in the long walk. I don't see anything about this course setup or the ground conditions that help him change it. Um, strong leader was really poor last time, never jumped a hurdle. And I know Gavin Sheehan said that was because he was... In front, but it still wasn't an ideal prep, and I think he's got plenty to find. So it left me with two, which was Noble Yates, the Grand National winner, and my old favourite Paisley Park. And the more I thought about it, the more I just see a scenario where Noble Yates gets outpaced, as he did in the Gold Cup. And I know this isn't a Gold Cup quality field, but it's over hurdles, and they will just go a bit quicker, and the ground is quick. And I can't help thinking that this is a prep into something else, so he's not going to be absolutely tuned to the minute where I would level that this is Paisley Park's grand finale potentially um, to get the he'll, four he'll love the ground I know there's had debates with plenty of people over the years that he's better on soft ground he absolutely isn't they said from the very beginning of his career he likes good ground there's nothing I can see that suggests he's better on soft he'll love this ground he'll love this track he comes up the hill like a train every time um, I think Yeah, I think I'm going to be there to see him win his fourth and I'm really excited.
0: Yeah, as said, I think he—if any horse deserves a victory like 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 this—it is Daisy <laughs> Park. But it's not all about the fairy tale stories, is it? And TC, we've got some really talented sorts in this mix-up. Dashiell Drasher has shown to be very much suited by Cheltenham. He's uh, he's been a runner-up on, on several occasions going up the hill. Uh, and Noble Yates potentially hasn't been seen to his best here, but we know that he's a real class apart. It's probably considering some of the other races a good betting race in that you've got holes to pick in a lot of them so there probably could be some value around for some horses of of real quality and maybe noble yates he's got still got time on his side he's just a nine-year-old it's quite interesting how do you see harry cobden trying to ride him is it just sort of as patiently as tom bellamy will be on paisley park because Mm -hmm. it's a it's an interesting new uh, jockey booking
1: yeah, very much so. I'm, I'm really looking forward to actually Harry Compton getting on Noble Yates. It's one of the best jockey bookings I've ever seen from a McMullins, I have to admit. Uh, there are several jockeys that he does book that I'm not a fan of, but Harry is the best in England right now. There's no doubt about it. And the fact that he's been booked for Noble Yates is a huge tick in the box. To be fair, I saw this race exactly like Ross did. Paisley Park being Noble Yates, basically. But Paisley Park, as much as I love him, and obviously I'd be cheering for him as a neutral if he does win the race, I just can't bring myself to back him. And it's been the same scenario for the last two years. I haven't backed Paisley Park once. Yes, he has won the odd race in the last couple of years. And I maybe have looked foolish or maybe, you know, gone back and thought, why didn't I back him that time? But he just seems to run very in and out. I know this year he's been very consistent. He's actually not hitting the flat spot as he was in the last couple of years as badly as he has been doing. Uh, and last time up, he was pretty admirable in defeat, finishing second. I just feel like this division needs that new face. I've said it time and time again when we've come to staying hurdles. Um, And with Noble Yates, he is kind of a new face. I know he's a nine-year-old, but his exploits over fences have kind of seen him out of this division for a long time. He's very unexposed, actually, over hurdles. If you look back through his career, he's only had a couple of runs over the smaller obstacles. So I'm going to take Noble Yates. I I think he's the best and most talented horse in the race at this stage. Yes, he could get outpaced, but I think he's going to finish the strongest of all. And with Harry Cobton on board, you, you can just rely on him getting this horse close and into a good rhythm. So I'll take Noble Yates to the prices, Jeff.
0: Yeah, judging a judgment of pace, Harry Cobden definitely has in a in a race with a setup like this. Noble Yates is slightly the joker in the pack for me. But I'm with Ross. I'm Paisley Park, a horse that I think they've managed to get work out perfectly. I don't know if it's necessarily the timing in between the races, although he was... He did come into this race this time last year at the back of that sort of surprise win uh, at Christmas, and then he just wasn't good enough, really, to, to and he was beaten quite quite clearly by Gold Tweet, who's much the better horse. So. Well, let's see. Can this this fine vein of form continue on for him? Can he get uh, just another win to his name? Because it does. It might just be that the last one and a sort of a, a good way to end up end up his career as a veteran at this stage at the age of 12. But myself and Ross for Paisley Park. Um, TC is with uh, Noble Yates. That's uh, really coming up to nearly the end of the day at Cheltenham on Saturday. Uh, we've got racing beginning at 12.05. We've got a matchup between Sergino and Burdett Road. And then, a uh, few races after that, we've got what really is the feature. It's the Cotswold Chase, the Grade 2, three mile one and a half furlongs. And this, in years gone by, has been seen as a, a real gold cup uh, prep race. We've seen some good horses without any absolute, what should I say, standouts, any absolute real Grade 1 horses. I, I know Frodon won this in 2019, but Santini, uh, Native River in 2021, you know, they've been good horses, but... I wouldn't say that we've seen an obvious Gold Cup uh, certainty come out of this, or or have we, or will we? Royal Pagai, I think he's been unlucky that he's had to end up here. He was meant to be at Haydock, but that was called up. Called off. Uh, he'll continue on. Venetia Williams and Charlie Deutsch's uh, march towards uh, the Gold Cup now that Lomprese is firmly put, throwing his hat into the ring. He'll head the betting, likely, or will he? Stay Away Faye is just behind him from a betting perspective, the novice in the field. The real whack is on a bit of a comeback mission after two disappointing runs so far this season. Then you've got the big Hennessy winner, That's All Right, Gino. Uh, Ahoyson, a yours, really got to refine his fawn. And Cappadano makes up the six of them. Ross, let's start with uh, Royal Pagai, shall we? Because we know what Vinicius did last week with uh, Long Presse. A brilliant performance. Uh, a, a, probably, you have to say, a firm Gold Cup contender. Royal Pagai, in the context of this race, deserves to be favourite. He's going to have to do something pretty special, which we said this time last week, going into the Fleur de Lille, to be a proper Gold Cup contender. Can he even win this race, do you think?
2: Uh, No, I don't. I I don't think this is his track. I really don't. I think Haydock is his track. I've always thought soft ground was his bag. and I thought it was quite interesting that the uh, travelling head lad, after he won at Haydock, was really dismissive if we ever interviewed him and said, you know, he's done well to win this on better ground and, and firmly said, this is the ground he wants. So... Maybe we've all got it wrong, but you've got to go on what you see with your own eyes and what you can read with your own eyes. The form book says he's at his best when he's at Haydock on soft ground. This is Cheltenham undulating on good ground. I, he's a really lovely horse, and, he, and, and they clearly done well to manage him because he's obviously not easy to train. But I just can't see him for this. I think this sets up in the way it's going to be run. You've got a hoist in your with a new jockey, which is going to go one way or other, isn't it? We're either going to realise that Derek Fox's slightly different style hasn't suited Ahoy Senor, and Stephen Queen, the slightly more conventional style, will, or we'll see that Derek Fox has been brilliant on a terrible jumper trying to organise him, and Stephen McQueen, with a lack of experience, isn't able to do that. He's going to be ridden forward. So is the real whacker who's going to need to get into a rhythm because in King George he didn't, and his race was over from about the second fence. They're both going to go forward. Royal Pagai will be ridden forward. I can't think. Stay away. Fay will be that far away. Um, I think it'll be quite a strong pace, and I think it's going to be whoever finishes strongly. I think Stay Away Fay definitely will. Um, I do think he's a bit of a slow horse. I don't. I don't. I don't fancy him for the for the Brown Advisory personally. If the ground is like this, I think there'll be a quicker horse on the day, and I think there'll be a quicker horse here. But I think he's an interesting contender. But I come back to my friend. That's all right, Gino. I think he's. You know, he's got £5 to find on the official weights and figures, but that's very reasonable to come. He won the Hennessy on ground. that was probably a bit more tacky than he'd like. He loves spring quick ground. This is going to ride like that. He likes this track. He's already got winning form there. He gets an extra little bit of trip and the hill. He's got Gavin Sheehan riding out of his skin. I think he'll just ride him probably, I, I hope for my heart rate, not as far back as he did in the Hennessy, but I think he'll sit off them. And, and try and pick them up coming down the hill and, and and go and win his race going to the last. And I think he's got everything going for him. And I don't think this is a horse that's gonna then go on and challenge in the gold cup. So I think he's gonna be ready for this, because I think this is the gold cup for for him. Um I think Stay Away Fay is probably his gold cup, is the Chapman Festival. So if they're coming down to the last, you know, I think that's right, Gino might just be slightly more cherry ripe than Stay Away Faye. So I'd, I'd be with him and, and fairly confidently so.
0: Okay, well, that's all right, Gino. Haven't been seen since the Hennessy, <laughs> where it was his first time running over that distance. He jumped so nicely. You know, sometimes I wasn't too certain about his, his quality of jumping, but they've definitely gotten to a good place now. And uh, this is, I imagine, has been earmarked for some time. It's something uh, going from a, a handicapper to, to this kind of level. But he's obviously a grade two winner as a novice chaser uh, earlier last, uh, at the end of last year. So that's all right, Gino. Can you make another step up? Ross is pretty confident. TC, do you have a confident opinion about this? Ross, it seems like he does. You're shaking your head.
1: No, I, I, obviously I'm going to, I've already mentioned, I'm going to Cheltenham, but this is the one race I will not be betting in despite even being on course. And I know it's the feature, so everyone's probably going, what, you've got to have a bet when you're on the course. But no, you only bet horses that you like. I don't like anything in this race, Jess. Uh, it's super trappy. Yes, the betting market is quite good for a small field, but there's a reason for that. There are no. I find it very difficult to make a strong case for any horse in this race they just all have question marks for me um, I completely agree with what Ross says about Royal Guy he deserves to be favorite in my opinion on form but he's uh, four from four at haydock his best efforts come there and actually if you go back through his CV he hasn't run within six pounds uh, of his Haydock peak RPR of 174 anywhere else. Um, so maybe Royal Pagai won't be seen to better effect. Stay away, Faye is the real improver, but I don't think that's factored into his price. I think he should be a a bigger price because he hasn't really proven it yet. He can improve and win this race, but as I say, he's not value at the moment. I can't back the real whacker. Um, This season so far, he's been really poor for me. He hasn't shown that main asset again, which is his jumping. When he gets jumping again and can get into a rhythm, then maybe we'll see him in better light, but who knows if that's going to happen this week. That's all right, Gino. I respect him, definitely, uh, but he's taken a big step up in class and I don't love his jumping, which is ironic because if I was to put a selection in this race, it would be a hoist in and his jumping is absolutely terrible at the moment, but he is the value in the race at around 15 to two. He's a proper horse. He goes well at Cheltenham, albeit he is at, at his very best at Aintree in the spring. Um, he does perform well here. He was running fine last season and uh, a couple of big races at the first uh, one at the festival and one at Cheltenham. So, um, a your would be my play, but I'll save the bet on him until entry.
0: Yeah, a, a your winner of this race last year, uh, where he just got into such a good rhythm, and I think that's the thing with him. Um, I say he got into a rhythm. He he wasn't always perfect, but he got into a much better rhythm than he did, has done at all this year. And I think this is obviously what has come about with a jockey change, you know, trying to really get the confidence back into Ahoy senior in because I I think form is temporary and class is permanent. You always hear that. And if the horse is, is good enough that we've seen in the past, you can't just totally go from where he was and where he left off last season to where he is now. So Ahoy your he, can he come back to his very best? It's a it's a bigger ask here in a race with horses in such good order. But potentially that's probably a bit like the real whacker. You've got to keep that they will find their 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 opportunities. And I think when it's where jumping has let them down, it might not be me be that we've just seen them at, at their true effect. Again, agree with Royal Pagai. I've had a real soft spot for this horse for so many seasons going now. But Cheltenham can't see it to be. Getting out the best of him, and it is going to only get um, quicker. If anything, it won't get any softer. Stay away, For me, just just tentative selection. He's um, he he comes into this in a, in a with a heaps of confidence. You can imagine Harry Cobton will be. He's a horse going the right way. He stays so well. It's a big ask for a novice. I tried quickly to do a search to see the last time a novice had won this race. I couldn't really find anything in the last ten years but so Stairway Faye will have to be pretty good. Um, but Paul Nicholls is uh, no, no such when it comes to making the, the best decisions for his horses, and he feels Stairway Faye can compete at this level at this early stage in his novice chasing career. So um I'm happy to take that confidence. So Stairway Faye for me, um a slight um tentative hoist in your for TC, but very confident about that's the right geneo for Ross Miller. So uh, we'll see uh, how they'll be doing when they face each other off at Cheltenham when it gets to it when it gets to around about two o'clock uh, on on Saturday. We need to get some some sort of video footage. You've got to film yourself, or whatever, at some stage because that happened to me when uh, Jerry Colon got beaten at the Cheltenham Festival. The whole reaction got filmed. And I will never live it down. So we'll see if we'll be able to get some eyes on you guys when it gets to, when it gets to Saturday. We're moving from Cheltenham, where we do have, obviously, the rerouted Clarets House. We've um, got some uh, fantastic races on, on. But as I said earlier uh, in the podcast, SBK are sponsoring plenty of races. And the main bulk of them being at Doncaster, I'm really pleased that Willie Mullins is, earlier on in this week, had uh, given some entries to some of his uh, star mares and that's what we're going to look at next the sbk yorkshire rose mares hurdle the grade two two mile a half a furlong just the six runners um in this field and as i said willie mullins dominates from a betting perspective he's got Ashro diamond and gallimau so in he- in here uh Ash- um Ashro diamond coming here uh, back into mares only company you've got under control for nicky henderson and um some horses within this that will have to Really step up from a form perspective. Outside of that, it's really gen- generally a three, maybe four horse race uh, with six runners declared. Uh, I'll go Ross. We'll go back to you first. Ashra Diamond, you gotta you gotta feel like this this mare is is progressive. Uh, she was well beaten by Hiptiopo when last seen. But Galamasso just interests me, even though she has to give away weight. She is uh, she she was very very good when she won when last seen back in May in Toy.
2: Yeah, uh, they're two talented mares aren't they? It'd be nice to know if the cousins have decided what happens after the formation that that would be <laughs> insightful I suppose. Um they they're, they're evenly matched and TC didn't have a strong opinion on the on the uh, contest chase. I really haven't got a strong opinion on this tonight and, and I won't be having a bet in it. So it, it, it came down under control as a horse I really like and I'm sure she's much better than she showed last time but I don't like the jockey booking for her. Um because he doesn't know her. She's coming kind of back off a wind-up. I think it's very difficult to put an awful lot of faith in her just bouncing back and 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 improving to beat these two. Um, so my split decision came down to the fact that Ash Road diamond has race fitness on her side and in the Galmoy against experienced campaigners. And I thought she ran very well. You know, T. Hoop who had his absolute ultimate conditions there. I don't think those were hers. I think she's actually quite a pacey, pacey mare. And I thought she ran very well. Um, so she's got that on her side and that experience that that will have given her whereas Gala Mousseau last year first time out was very free at Leppardstown if you remember really free it's her first time out she's not run for a good while she's going to have come over stayed in the race or stables overnight there's just enough there for me that if she got lit up you could put it down to the fact that she's gone away and it's all been a bit too much for her and I think in a race where the margins probably are that fine I would go with Ashro Diamond, but I won't be scuttling off to the tote to have a bet across the across the TV at the other track.
0: Yeah, I get your, I I, I totally get your uh, your thoughts there about Galamasso and how keen she could be. I, I do think she has been a, a filly in the past that's gone well fresh, but it will be uh, a lot for Dave, uh, to for Danny Mullins, <coughs> who knows them well, to try and keep her settled against uh, Ashro Diamond, who seems a little bit more straightforward. TC, any firm opinions?
1: Yeah, Patrick Mullins will just tell Danny not to go by. Um, Astro Diamond for me, uh, I just think she's the best in the race. She's already proven that she's a bona fide Grade 1 performer. I like the drop-backing trip. Um, She was placed in the Grade 1 Royal Bond over this kind of distance before. And I know she's been running over further, but this will prove no problem. And I agree with what Ross said uh, about Gala Marceau just being super keen. So Astro Diamond and Patrick Mullins to get one over again on Danny.
2: What I would just add, Jess, is... I know that uh, the owner said Gala Morceau is, is his best horse. And I was a bit disappointed to hear that because she'd get a mark after this. I think she'd be really interested in the Coral Trophy up in trip, back at Cheltenham, if she didn't go to the mares. So i just throw that in there as, a, as an aside before we move on.
0: Yeah, I did hear that on Nick Lutz's podcast in Sweden, and they said that they'd be going up to Doncaster as opposed to anywhere else, didn't they? Uh, um, and uh, rating of 146, I can see that she has here, which is, uh, which well, I'd, I'd say it's high enough for, for a mare that's obviously, well, it's high, but it's not. You would imagine a grade one winning horse would have a rating in the, in the 150s, wouldn't, wouldn't you? Um, but exactly you would say her being a mayor that they would be keen to keep get as much black type in her name so well it, it just depends on how the how the how the cookie crumbles and what willie mullins decides you know it's always willie, willie mullins decisions at the end of the day and uh danny mullins in the plate and one thing i would say is that they the application of the hood has has helped her she was very very free early days she seems to manage her her keen going into good effect she did it a toy i, I they have slightly question why it's taken so long for, for her to get back. I think that she is actually good, better over a little bit further. Um, it's it's a, again a race that I'm not having a huge opinion on, but I think again just slightly edging it just because of the prices, I I, I will go with or so. But I do see um, what uh, Tom and Ross are saying about her just just being too keen and it maybe just being her downfall here right that's the sbk yorkshire rose Mares hurdle at doncaster not a massive betting field to it but the next race that sbk is sponsoring is and that's the sbk great yorkshire chase so looking forward to this um we will uh, see it coming up at three fifteen at doncaster on saturday 18 runners have been declared And from a betting perspective, it's as open as you want. 10 to 1 the field at present, probably because these horses have been slightly laid out for it. Forward Plan comes into this off a good uh, racing weight. Anthony Honeyball's had a very good season indeed. Mr. Coffee is in there at a short enough price for a horse that... Doesn't ever want to win, uh, but Dal Jacob's on board for Nicky Henderson. Uh, note that uh, Nicko De is out of action this weekend. He's been stood down after that uh, uh, collarbone injury has um, his has put him out of action again. So James Bowen is on all the Nicky Henderson horses at Cheltenham. So Dal Jacob on Mister Cuffy. You got the likes of Sorry Quest, Sweet Willen here. Captain Nord sneaks in off a very low weight indeed for a horse that hasn't really been at his best, but. Uh, might just be handicapped to, to go well in this okay i'll go to tom first because uh, as i said you no strong opinions of the race before this one's got a better betting feel and i think we've got horses at a suitably price for a great big handicap race.
1: yeah this is a great race for a bet there's no doubt about it uh forward plan is the favor right now but i think he's beatable so you know there's a wide open look there's extra places up for grabs with the big field and. Um, you're about to mention the the offer that SBK have as well at the end of this piece. So definitely a race to get involved in. Um, you can obviously make a case of plenty, but I really like Sail Away in here for Dan Skelton. Around 14 to 1, Dan had a brilliant Saturday two weeks back when he had six six winners, I think it was. Um, and hopefully that form can carry on. Obviously, last week was a complete write-off with jumps racing. So uh, fingers crossed it does for him. Um, Sail Away is desperate for good ground. That is the key. To this horse—it's just why we haven't seen him all that often uh, this season. He's only run twice. Now the going is currently uh, good at Donny. There is some rain forecast today on Thursday. We're filming this at around midday, and it's due this afternoon. But there's a strong breeze expected on Friday, and that should dry the ground back out if they get any rain today. That is uh, back to good. So I anticipate we're going to get good ground here. Um, Sailorway is a very good three-mile chaser on good ground, so he gets all his ideal conditions in this race. In fact, his form figures. In three mile or three mile one phone chases on good ground, read two three one one. Now the most recent of those came at Air back in April. He smashed Forward Plan by eleven lengths in that race. Forward Plan reposes, as I say, a shorter price, actually half the price that Sailaway is. I think he's actually a short six to one right now. Sailaway's 14s. Uh, yet he's only one pound better off, despite the fact that Sailaway beat him eleven pounds, uh, eleven lengths that day. So I expect that form to be confirmed. Which suggests that Sailaway is the great value bet in the race. Um, yes, Forward Plan did beat Sailaway last time, but there was give underfoot. Um, it also turned into a bit of a flat race because half of the fences were doled off. It just wouldn't have been ideal for Sailaway, whose main asset is his powerful and accurate jumping. So I think this is the the right spot for him. 14 to 1 is a good each way price.
0: Okay, Sailaway, yeah, and to continue on. A- just a, a brilliant 2024 so far for Dan Skelton and Tristan Durrell, who was on board, if I'm not uh, wrong, the Lanzarote Hurdle winner. And yes, yeah, so you're right. There's a 25% winnings boost for SBK customers on this race uh, with a max bet of £10. So 25% winnings boost if your horse goes in. So that'll, that'll be uh, some feat if Sail Away can do it for you if you're with TC. A good case for him and uh, not bad profile. A lot of weight, though, with 11.8 and there's some horses – slightly creeping into it with a slightly better handicap mark. Um, Let's hope that Ross has found something at a lovely big price for us.
2: I I was really keen on on Captain Ord. I thought he's had a profile all, well, from the back of last spring, really, of, of a typical Christian Williams job, getting them back down to a mark they can be competitive of. He's been entered up plenty of times and taken out. And I think they really want to get good ground and a track. He's got good format, which Doncaster certainly offers him. But he's not a very well-kept secret anymore, um, and I just don't think his price by the time this goes out and declarations have come down is going to reflect value. So I think he's a very likely winner. But a horse that I think will still offer value is Can Do Kid for Paul Nichols and Lorkin Williams. Lorcan Williams, I think, is probably one of the most improved riders in my mind this year. I thought often last year he looked a bit desperate. And you can understand it, can't you? Because they get so little chances when you're riding for Paul Nichols, and you've got Harry Cobden and, and Bryony Frost, that when you get your chance, you want to get everything right and you end up forcing things. Whereas this year, he's picked up a lot of rides from Jeremy Scott. I think that perhaps takes the pressure off. He's ridden some really nice races for Jeremy Scott and he just looks more composed and more professional. I think he's a really good rider. Can do kid. I really liked how he finished at Ascot behind j last time. You see a lot of times that, People will say that horse finished strongly to run into a place and actually what happened was the ones that had won the race were slowing down because they'd exert themselves a little bit earlier in the race that wasn't the case with jaylo he galloped all the way to the line but you watch candy kid back and he really gets his head down opens his stride up and gallops right way through the line over two miles three i think he's been crying out for three miles he's nicely handicapped on on all of his good placed form and his and his winning form i think this trip this ground will really suit him particularly given that Famous Bridge, who's in at favourite at the moment, or or nearly favourite, just cannot see that this three-mile trip on good ground is going to provide anywhere near the stamina test that he's shown this season that he's needed for all, that I think he's a talented staying chase, so I'm not sure this is going to be enough of a staying test for him. So it's can-do kid for me.
0: Yeah, I agree with, with that with Lorcan. He obviously, he did so well as a conditional and it's always difficult when you transition over. Still getting plenty of opportunities for Paul Nichols and this looks like a nice one uh, for do Kid, who's been a bit of a runner-up, but has been a runner-up to some nice horses like Zujalo, so um, Gallup Chass And yeah, I think he was a deserved winner uh, against Ferro Bamboo when that horse made a bit of a mistake. I think he was always he was always gaining on him. Um, so do Kid and Cap, uh, yeah that point on captain ord it, it's uh, it's difficult to 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 it's difficult to go away from ex- all those points but christian williams for for whatever reason it's been tough tough going indeed you would want to see at least a handful of maybe midweek winners or just low profile winners at least but to have no winners i think from all of december all of January. I don't think there was one in November either. So it's, it's hard when you're hoping just confidence in the yard is, it's sort of lacking there. So that, that puts a a slight doubt in my mind um, that Captain Nord, even if he is well handicapped is really, really in the, got the right, you know, sort of frame of mind from a yard perspective and that the horses are are where that they want them to be. I um, am keen on a horse um, in here, two shots of tequila, which runs in the, in the race where a lot of these horses coming into this did Surlaway was just behind him forward plan was the winner of the race this was at doncaster in, in december mr coffee was in the race Wilson in the dark was in the race it's nearly as the same race again um but forward plan had a lovely racing weight that day and he's he's up a he's up a bit without being overly penalized for it so no no surprise he'll be at the top of the betting here but uh, two shots of the keeler was really staying on well um when um when ridden by brian hughes who went off favorite that day he's a still a pretty uh unexposed chaser he won at doncaster last year over uh, over this kind of ground and on this trip he's definitely in the same way that candy kid is he's sort of a, a a stay on, on sort of better ground and I think it will see the best in him and hoping that without going up at all in the handicap, he can put a, a another big, big, bold run into him and he won't be 11 to full favourite like he was last time, hoping he'll be around 12, um, 12 to 1 or 10 to 1 or so. So that is the SBK Great Yorkshire Handicap Chase and as mentioned, a 25% winnings boost with a max bet of £10 in that race. So I'm um, hoping that we found the winner for you there. Uh, we then then we'll move on to fairy house as uh, there are more sbk sponsored races over in ireland can c- continue on the the sequence that sbk building up over in ireland and it's the sbk solarina mayor's novice hurdle a race that has been won by the likes of Astro diamond who appears this weekend and allegory Devassi, Lorena, Honeysuckle some very 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 good race mares in the past so do we have one of that ilk in here willie mullins has four including the impressive jade de Grugy, who won over the christmas period and uh there wasn't and i was thinking that there might be a, a more of a stronger contender from gordon elliott he's got miss augusta and henry de Bromhead has got look to the west who is a winner of her maiden hurdle so who should I go for? Anyone got a big opinion here? And, that's, and then I'm going to start with you first.
1: Why not? I'll do it because I know your, your opinions are roughly the same. So I'll go first. <laughs> Why not? Um, Willie Mullins has won eight of the 13 renewals of this race uh, since its inauguration back in 2011. You've listed a few of his winners there. He tends to target some good mares at this race. There's no doubt about it. And I imagine he's going to extend his streak. You just have to decipher which of the four is the best. Um, I don't love the jockey bookings. For any of the horses i think they're all a bit all over the place um but my selection is going to be jade de Grugie. i think she's the mare to beat we don't have prices or at least i haven't seen any prices uh, while we're recording this so who knows what she's going to be i think she's going to be pretty short i could be wrong uh, and if i am then she'll be a decent bet for me this daughter of dr dino surged clear of her rivals in an aqps contest uh, that came back in october in france before joining willie mullins uh, for whom she made a really impressive winning debut under rules both the second and the third are very highly regarded. Uh, she destroyed them without being asked for maximum effort. And on that evidence, to me, she looked like a proper graded horse, maybe even grade one. Um, interesting they put her in here against three stable companions and not run her in a race by herself. Interesting that Brian Hayes is on board, but hopefully she'll get the job done for my sake. I know you don't want that, though.
0: Yeah, I'm going to try and keep um, impartial here, but Jade De Grugie- also, you've got to put get a lot of confidence in the fact that Willie Mullins wanted to put her against the boys first time out. There are a lot of mares-only yeah. maidens and and then to, to just to give her that option over the Christmas period at Town and do what she did against the boys, you have to be taken by that. She's got the profile. She's she's done what she did in France. She's got a lovely pedigree. And yeah, Willie Mullins doesn't have a mass amount of jockeys available considering he's got runners at Doncaster and Paul Towns at Cheltenham. So hence why there's a bit of an amalgamation of them. Uh, Jade de Grus, Grugie, I'd expect to be favourite here in this race. And it's a bit about... The, what about the rest of them, Ross? We've seen in the, in the past, especially this year, the Lauders of Nace, Novice Hurdle, showed us that we shouldn't underestimate any of the outsiders of Willie Mullins. And um, reading Tommy Wrong was the 18 to one, fourth best of the of the lot when it came to that race. And he went and, uh, and won the grade one. What do you make of the other Willie Mullins' horses or the other horses in general? And what, what do you make of Jay DeGruzzi and, and TC's case?
2: I agree with TC in terms of the, the jockey bookings. For me, Michael O'Sullivan is, of the, of the four jockeys, the one you'd like to see next to your, to your horse's name. Reading Tommy wrong, yes, he was the outsider, but when you look back through it, he knew how to win. The two outsiders of Willys that I see here, Pink in in the Park, for example, they they aren't habitual winners. They they seem to have found their level, and their level suggests they're below this. So I think it is down to, to Jade DeGruge and... Judasus Allen, which I hope I've pronounced correctly. Um, no. Jade de Gruyes was really impressive, but it came down to me that Adrian Heskin rode Judasus Allen last time. I thought he gave her far too much to do, and I thought it was her speed actually that won her the race. If you read it in the form book, stayed on strongly over 2 mile 4, the drop back to 2 mile 2 wouldn't necessarily suggest that it would suit. But it, for me, it was speed that, that won her the race. Um, I thought she was given a lot to do on desperate ground. I think she'd be interesting back on better ground by great pretender. The ones I've come across tend to like better ground. Um, so I thought she was interesting. And he does at least know her. And hopefully won't give her so much to do this time. Um, whereas for Brian Hayes, he's not often given horses with good chances, prominent, buckling front running rides and kicking clear a long way out like paul Townend does because paul Townend has got such a back log of experience doing that it does take a bit of judgment knowing when you can go and also going early enough if that's how your horse needs to be ridden and i think maybe jade de is the more confirmed stout stare of the two your horse is perhaps a little bit quicker in my opinion um so I just think the fact that Aidan ridden number four gives him a bit of an advantage over, over Brian. Um, and so I, I go with your horse and hope that uh, the colours behind you get to the post first.
0: Um, thank you. And I'll say, Judith Sizzelen, who knows? We don't know. Uh, uh, I call her Philly. Uh, that, that makes it easier. Um, uh, look, uh, Adrian Heskin on board, Judith Sizzelen again. I would agree that he got her into a little bit of a pocket and she motored home we had they nearly turned off the tv at the, before the final hurdle i couldn't really believe our eyes when we saw what she did i think she's come uh, forward from it um, i was really taken by a video which i'll put up on my social media or maybe i already have of her working with under rachel blackmore last week and she's just got a real high level cruising speed she's a she's a lovely filly to to see work um, and it will be very interesting to see how she steps up into this into this level. Jay De Grugie has to be the one to beat. I, I think tactically, hopefully, they'll go off quick enough and there won't be masses of hiding places and see um, who can really stay out strongly. Penny 100 shouldn't be overlooked. Obviously, second to jataro who's gone on to win again subsequently, and uh, she's probably, she's got a top jockey booking in my opinion of Michael O'Sullivan on board. So, I'm going to uh, put more faith into Judas Isilain who was picked out as I, I did alert as a horse to follow from the Irish um, horses to follow guide that I put up so fingers crossed you can carry on this is another 25% winnings boost race for SBK customers uh, again with a max best of 10 pounds so you could either be with Jade Grugy and uh, TC or myself and Ross hoping that Judas Isilain can give us a nice day at Berry House on Saturday, which I where I will be where we rattled through five races, and that isn't just all of them. Obviously, as mentioned, SBK is sponsoring 17 races in the UK and Ireland this weekend we have got so many other horses running running including the likes of Jericho de Repine. we have got John Bonn. we've got uh Burda Road it's a, a lot to take in so we do have naps and next best selections and they might not necessarily be from those obvious bigger graded races they could even be from the all weather uh, TC it's over to you you're rolling through it week by week what have you got for us this saturday
1: Yeah, my next best was going to be at Kempton, but unfortunately he wasn't declared. So we We don't have an all-weather selection this week, which I'm sure the people in the comments will be fuming about. They love those all-weather picks. Um, (laughs) Jericho de Repine, I do want to win as well um, on Antipost Blue supreme, as you probably know if you watch the Antipost pod. But I don't want to be one of those Twitter guys that's all like, oh, I'm Jericho de Repine, so I'm not going to put him up. Um, My nap is going to be Gidley Park in the Fortet at Cheltenham. And I apologise to Ross for stealing his thunder in advance. Uh, This is a great two. Yeah, classic novices hurdle. Uh, This horse is just really smart. He's the best horse in the race. Uh, He's a short price, around four to five right now. Was seven to four a couple of days ago when the prices first came out. That's long gone, unfortunately. Um, He beat a subsequent grade one place performer on his bumper debut at Chepstow, hacked up in both his hurdling outings. I loved how he powered clear last time, firmly on the bridle at Newbury. Uh, His hurdling also improved dramatically as the race went on, which I think is the key to him. Like, If there was one issue I'd have, It's that he's not accurate or fluent over his hurdles, but he kind of put that to bed in the latter part of that Newbury race. Clearly boasts a huge engine, has size and scope, should love the ground. Gidley Park is my uh, nap in the 410 at Cheltenham. My next best is going to be, also we've already covered, and that's Noble Yates in the 340 uh, at Cheltenham, the Cleve Hurdle. I've already gone into detail as to why I like him, but just to sum it up briefly, Emmett Mullins has booked Harry Cobden on a horse that I think is a new horse on the scene in this kind of event. Only had two hurdling outings in his career. We know him for winning the Grand National, but he has more than enough speed um, to factor into this race. And last time up, he ran over two and a half miles, steps up to three miles that would definitely suit. So, Noble Yates 340 Cheltenham is my next best.
0: Okay, thank you to Tom Gidley Park uh, right at the end of the day at Cheltenham and as, and uh, we've also got, um, Oh, sorry, excuse me, let me do that again. Okay, thanks Tom, Gidley Park in the 410 at Cheltenham and Noble Yates 335. So I imagine Ross, by the end of the day, you and Tom might be not too far away from each other, hoping that Gidley Park either getting you out of trouble or uh, adding to what's already been a fine day because I know you like this horse as well.
2: Yeah, we'll, we'll either be in the bar celebrator or we'll be in the bus queue searching our pockets for coins to get home, won't we? Um, yeah, Gid, Gidley Parker, just love him. There's plenty of good horses, but he's just a horse that's really catching my imagination. I like what he's done. I think he's he doesn't know how good he is. He hasn't really had a race yet. I think in this slightly better race, you'll see him go even better. I think going uphill for the start will perhaps help his jumping, get him on his hocks a little bit and off his head. Um, I think he's made for the hill. The way he lengthened clear at Newbury suggests that if you stuck a hill in front of him, he'd, he'd really enjoy that. He was good round Exeter. He looks, or has looked, an uncomplicated ride. He maybe got a bit keen for the mid part of the race last time, but for me, that just showed how far clear he was of the remainder. So my nap is Gibby Park in the 4.10. And then my next best comes in the 12.40 at Cheltenham. It's the Alan Kane-trained Esperfecto, um, who I actually saw win his sole point-to-point. It was really quite a striking horse. has been plagued by injuries, but he's undoubtedly talented. Uh, he gets a £15 pull with Ginny's Destiny for his second place at, at Cheltenham back at the start of the season. He was fortunate to finish second because uh, John Neal's horse came down when challenging. Uh, but a £15 pull for 10 lengths, I think, is uh, a fair sort of weight pull, especially given that I think Ginny's Destiny is not going to be so well suited by this good ground and has probably got Bigger targets on the horizon come the spring festivals, and he also gets a six-pound pull for just two lengths with Blow Your Wad, who beat him at Kempton. And I just don't see that Kempton would be the sort of track that would suit Esperfecto on good ground. It's quite a quick track. He's more of a more of a stayer, I think. Um, so I thought this track, this trip, would suit him. He gets plenty of weight. He's off the bottom weight uh, with Gavin Sheehan on board, who can do no wrong at the moment, as we all know. So the nap, uh, sorry, the next best in the 1240 is Esperfecto
0: fine. Esperfecto, 12.40 at Cheltenham and Gidley Park to end of the day. For Ross, that's the nap. So lots at Cheltenham to uh, follow in and mine are coming from Cheltenham as well. I'm going to be quite brave. I'm taking on the hype course of this season, Burdett Road, and I'm going with Sergino in the 1205, a horse that I was really taken with when uh, seeing him win at Kempton at first out. He couldn't have done anything more, really. Maybe his jumping could have been improved, but I would. I'll, I'll take a... I'll take confidence that they probably brushed up on that. He beat a horse in the sh- in Royal Way who I was at Ludlow to see win and win really comprehensively a lovely big uh, son of Galloway that horse and I think the the form's stucking up well. He's a winner at, at a toy so he'll uh, he'll like going back around this way and I I just don't think that yes Har- Harry Cobden, Burnett Road, James Owen they've got this brilliant um uh, brilliant thing going and he's been nothing but exceptional in the last two two runs that we've seen but i think sergino could be overlooked at the prices just based on what Burdett road's done um and maybe he's just been flattered by the form i I might be eating my words but i'm just i think that sergino is a is a class act and hoping that the science gino is going to have a really good day obviously we've got that's all right gino at four um for for ross in in the Cotswold Chase. And my next best is Victorino in the one fifteen, a horse of Venetia Williams is who was essentially shrewdly bought out of France, uh, was had run one over her one run over hurdles and then since switching back to to chase has looked very well handicapped indeed. He's won twice Probably wasn't at his best last time, looked a little bit awkward, just didn't really meet a lot of his horses, a lot of his fences on the perfect stride. Again, he might be a horse that might just like coming back around to a track like Cheltenham. Um, it's another step up for him. It's a, a big, deep, competitive race. The likes of Il Redotto will take them on uh, well out in front, and it's no, um, it's a lot tougher than what he's shown. But I think this horse is has uh, done a lot for a, a, done a lot over a short amount of time and he's still a young horse and Venetia Williams uh, in great, great form. So Victorino is my next best. That's the 115 at Cheltenham to go with the Nap Sergino in the 1205. So that is it. We can take a breath. Five races covered. Naps are next best. If we don't have a winner from okay. that then we might have to go and sit in a dark room for a little bit. So (laughs) good luck to Ross and TC for uh, Saturday at Cheltenham. Enjoy your day. Let's hope we get a lot of content out of that. I'll be at Fairy House either in a great mood uh, or in a terrible one. So um, I don't know if anyone wants to see that at all. Um, But we'll be back next week to review what's happened. Don't forget, all new SBK users get £30 in free bets when you sign up and bet £10 for the first time. Head to SPK for lots of other offers and promotions, which include the 25% winning boost for the SPK Great Yorkshire Chase and the SPK Solerino. So that's it. We will see you next week.